Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of Honestly Unbalanced. Adam and I have been a little bit on the quiet side recently because we have just had our little baby boy, Sonny. You might hear him crying upstairs, actually. (laughs) So it's been a little bit of a love bubble in the Hustler household. Uh, But I am so excited to announce this week's guest, uh, who is someone that I've personally had a little bit of a girl crush on for the last few years. And she's also the wife of Adam's main yoga teacher, Jason Crandell. So introducing the wise and wonderful Andrea Ferretti. So a little bit about Andrea. In 2014, she underwent breast uh, breast cancer treatment and it was at this point that she fell in love with podcasts. And the following year, she decided to launch her own podcast, which is called Yoga Land. And this is how I discovered Andrea. Uh, She's done more than 275 episodes, interviewed 100 plus guests and has 5.8 million downloads. It is a pretty special podcast and it is a favourite of yoga teachers and students around the world. Before Yogaland, Andrea spent more than a decade as an editor at Yoga Journal and she was fortunate enough to work with some legendary names and yoga teachers like Shiva Ray, Cindy Lee and Matty Azarati. And these days, Andrea says it's her goal to bring all that she's learned from practice, her yoga practice and motherhood to help others live fully, compassionately and with a sense of humour. She offers meditation trainings within Jason's 200 and 300 hour training. So if you're taking any of those, hopefully you'll be lucky enough to bump into Andrea on the journey. What we chat about in this episode parenthood as a yoga practice and indeed we are discovering that it very much is (laughs) managing anxiety and ADHD the pressures of the wellness world leaning into discomfort and building resilience how meditation doesn't have to look the same every day I really love this one seeing the best in people how she moved through breast cancer and starting a podcast as a passion project we really hope that you enjoy the episode guys thanks so much for listening So guys, if you're interested, both Adam and I are launching some trainings in November. So if you're interested in becoming a Crystal Bowl Sound Healer training, I'm really excited to announce that I'm going to be running my third round of online Sound Healer training. This is a 12-week journey. It's been absolutely incredible to guide over 60 Sound Sisters into this amazing journey of sound healing. So I hope that you feel, well, if you feel uh, called to join, I'd love, love, love to have you on the training. And you can have a read of all of the information on my website, which is hollyhustler.com. There's two part and three part installment plan options as well, just to help you out a little bit there. Uh, Also, at the same time, Adam is running his online mentorship program again, which is called Level Up. And this is a six month program of yoga mentorship and education. And it's really fantastic. Obviously, I'm biased, but he is a great teacher. So check that out on Adam's website, which is adamhustler.com if you're interested. But we're at a stage in our lives where we're about to become parents and you have both both brought up a child and and a rescue dog i'm just intrigued to know which is easier because we think <laughs> we see both of those featuring in our lives at some point in the future oh you know that you know the answer to this question already <laughs> 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 we have first of all jason and i our gene pool and our nervous systems meant that we did not create the most uh we, we created a, a complex being, okay? <laughs> Our dog is a chihuahua who lived on the streets in her chart, it says in her little adoption chart, that she lived in a Walmart parking lot for six months on oh. her own. So she is like you, she's actually laying right next to me right now. She just follows me around. Oh. She is the easiest, 
little survivor you've ever you could ever meet. So yes, uh, the I would say the human form is always a bit more complex than the dog form. And that's why we have the dogs, right? Because they just they're like the little bodhisattvas. They're just in the background humming along, happy to see you, happy to wake up every morning, happy for every meal. Very one-pointed, focused on the food. It's all very simple. <laughs> the little joy, very simple. little joy bringers. Oh we, my gosh, yeah. We actually chatted to someone, uh, Marcus Vader, a few months ago on the podcast, and he said that he, as soon as he had a child, that's when the real yoga practice began for him. Do you do you resonate with that? I do, I do. I that's a really good way to put it. But I would also say because I don't want to be, you know, Holly, you're just about to have your baby and. I don't know about you, but at the stage where you are, I was I had, I had some trepidation, some reasonable <laughs> trepidation about the whole thing. So, yes, absolutely. It is where the yoga began and it's also all the clichés about loving this being more than you could ever you can't imagine it. And all of the oxytocin that you get from all the closeness mm -hmm. and my my daughter's about to turn 10 still at night when I cuddle her, like the love and the warmth, and it's all just so worth it. Aww. It's like, it's just beyond. So it, it, I think it, obviously it takes so much work and so much skill. And at the same time, it, you just, you just experience life in a completely different way. It's like you, I, for me in a lot of ways, it's like I've experienced life for the first time because I just appreciate it through her eyes. Wow. Yeah. I, I like that yeah. idea. Yeah, so beautiful. I think that's kind of what we're looking forward to in a very mundane way. Like I think Holly, yes. Holly's looking forward to watching all the Disney films again. Oh, yeah. And experience, yeah. Oh, or, yes. or, but like Theme experiencing parks. the ocean for the first time yeah. and the like, They're seeing open water and the like, and see, yeah, as you say, seeing it through their eyes. It's like, uh, it's unbelievable. And, you know, we, we, she's only 10 and we already, Jason and I already send each other videos from when she was a toddler of like, oh my God, remember when we used to sing the little song about the cow going boom? <laughs> <laughs> We're already just like, but I will say there is also, you know, it really, there's also the part where it requires you to, um, get to know them. And I kind of wish someone had told me that. I, I, my mother-in-law told me that um, after she was first born, Jason was in Japan. Uh, she was six weeks old. And I was just, I was alone. I was so confused. My best friend had moved to the East Coast. All of my other friends had had their children 10 years before me and were living in the suburbs. Um, I was felt so utterly alone and so utterly confused. And I because she was a fussy baby and I called my mother-in-law and she said, you just hold her tight and you just let her know that you're going to get to know her. And I, I, I thought that was such a strange concept at the time. It's like, she's my baby. I should know her. I know everything. I'm the, no, it takes time. And it takes um, some of those things that you think like, oh, I can't wait to do this. Your kid will be like, meh, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to kind of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of mental flexibility that's required as well, at least for me, from my perspective. Did you have any expectations of how you were going to incorporate yoga and mindful living into bringing up a child? Did you think, oh, I'm going to read the Bhagavad Gita child version to bed at night? <laughs> <and alive? laughs> oh 
my gosh. How did you know, Adam? How did you know? Mm-hmm. I, you know, yes, it's been different. Although, because I think she, oh, I have so many good stories popping up all at once. Um, so Jason and I are really open about, about the fact that we're just like a very neurodiverse family. I have, you know, dealt with anxiety my whole life, which they now are realizing is probably a part of neurodiversity in a child. Um, and he and Sophia both have ADHD. So for a very long time, she was just not, her brain was just too disorganized to kind of move, move through things, even the way other kids her age could. But at this point, she does, um, she does do, I would say what I, I'm happy with kind of the yoga that we introduced to her. So she does like little breathing apps with us at night. She, um, I have her rolling on Jill Miller's tune-up balls, okay. like more like self-care. So I feel like that is starting to come through. And then certainly the way I would say our philosophy, the way we don't go to church, right? So I would say the way that we talk about feelings and life and thought processes, you know, are very based in yoga and Buddhist philosophy. But I'll just tell you really one quick funny anecdote, which is that um, a couple years ago, it was like right when lockdown started, all the kids were much more on the screens, right? She was only eight. So she'd really never been on an iPad or spent much time on a screen, but they were all on the screens for school. And then they were home all the time and you need, needed them to shut the F up because you had to work. Mm-hmm. So we were we were letting her, you know, get on the iPad. And one day Jason walked into the front room and I, I knew what she was doing. And I just heard him just halt and look at her and say, turn that off right now. And she was watching, I don't even know who, some random young girl on YouTube teaching her handstands. Uh, he was like so offended. He was literally so offended. He was like, I do this for a living. I promise you I can teach you how to I promise you I can teach you how to do this. Please don't do that with your neck. Oh my God, please don't do that with your body. Like, can, this- can't you know handstand? <laughs> Oh, yeah, she can. But that's because she actually had yoga in school here this past year. We live in this like super groovy place. And um, there's a yoga studio just down the little hill from her school. And so one of her PE, one of her gym sessions uh, was yoga classes every day. So she's she's she could do the asanas now as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's her way of rebelling secretly. You know, like, I'm not going to do it dad's way. I'm doing it my way. (laughs) No. A hundred percent. She thinks he's like, she thinks we're so boring and old and farty, you know, just she wants to do it with the young, you know, all of kind of our like Instagram nightmare is like who she wants to do yoga with. Yeah, I, my, my niece loves yoga and I've given her free access to everything, not in any way interested by, by anything, anything we do. No, she would like, she would take the life formats, like she would take all of the yoga mats she can get hold of. And that's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You did she doesn't grab your like, leggings, Holly. Oh no, that's true. She actually she did nick a pair of my leggings. Yes, yeah, that, yeah that, she that, did. That, yeah, that she likes the stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I say, I say, like she's like seven. She's twenty-one. <laughs> she's oh. <laughs> kind of glad we're having a boy. Yeah. Even then, no, nothing. Uh, you did what we did, uh, I believe. You moved out of the city during this covid period you escaped how was how was life in and not the countryside but life away from the big city we're on the coast so mm. in it's not the countryside but i like to say it's coastal coastal suburbia mm. um you know we're in southern california and we were just diehard um 
city people for 20 odd years. And I was actually trying to convince Jason for the past five years or so to, to move out of the city and he just was not ready. But, um, but it's been a dream to be perfectly honest. I mean, I just, we do kind of live in paradise. I say that almost guiltily, Mm -hmm. but it's just, we live, we're a five minute walk to the beach. Um, and they are the most beautiful beaches for me ever. Um, you can swim at this beach, which you cannot swim. Well, you can swim in San Francisco, but you have to be really pretty tough and wear a wetsuit. Um, you can swim here. You can, I walk, I try to walk the beach every day. I try to meditate by the beach. Uh, people are really warm and friendly. It's, that's pretty good stuff. Her, our daughter's school principal. So we live right near Encinitas, which is, um, like a more well-known surf town and just kind of Tim Miller of the Ashtanga yoga fame. He started his studio in Encinitas many years ago. So it's got this kind of like crunchy vibe. That's where she goes to school. And um, there's also a lot of famous skateboarders who live here. And when you pull up to the school line in the morning, all the teachers stand outside and greet the students. And the principal is there every morning and he's wearing like his vans and his skater shorts and his socks. And he has, you know, surfboards in his office. So it's pretty sweet. It's pretty dreamy. It sounds like that's what persuaded Jason, isn't it? That guy in the, uh, in the vans. <laughs> that was it. He loved this guy. When we went to the school and we met the principal, he was like, this is the guy. He, but he is an amazing, I mean, Besides the vans and the surfboards, he is an, uh, just a, as Jason says, he's an educator. You know, Jason's focus yeah. on, we are not yoga teachers, we are yoga educators. And he's right, this principle is, he's got, he's the full picture. He's the full, full package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you, you're, you're both to some degree now able to, uh, to work completely remotely, aren't you? You can do your podcast from anywhere in the world, the online content, yes. the courses, but you've been transitioning to that, I guess, for quite, quite a while. When did yes. when, when did you it, was that one of the persuading factors for you to move and did have you did you intentionally n- move everything increasingly online even before COVID was that part of the plan? Uh, no, it was not part of the plan. Can I also just say, you guys, it is so hard for me to not be asking you questions because <laughs> 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 I'm so accustomed to being the question asker. Also, you yeah. two are just so adorable, oh. and I want to like I listened to your episode yesterday. Um, I listened to the one with Adam Hoke because I just love oh, Adam. Love and then also, yeah. And then I also listened to the one about you, t- how you met. Oh, oh did you? Because so I, I was cute. like, I want to know, I want to know more about their story. Oh. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm having I'm such like, a hard time. Not- I'm like you, like I love to know all the love stories and all like the hippie dippy <laughs> stuff. And Adam's like practical logistics. So yeah, it kind of works well. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be like, so tell me about what you're expecting about having a baby. I want you to tell me all this stuff. But <laughs> we could do that. I'll after. have to have you on my podcast. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we we were definitely a COVID move, um, and it was it was in many ways a long time coming. But it was actually one of the most spontaneous things we've ever done. So um, we, I had been trying to get Jason to to move online for years, and he <laughs> he you might know he's a bit of he's a bit of an anxious guy. Uh, he does he doesn't love change. So that was not I was not getting too far with that. He was just still <laughs> pushing himself and traveling and traveling, traveling. Uh, so I was just one of these people that 
slightly benefited from being in lockdown because I I I had to move his stuff online for him. Mm. And once he saw that he could do it, he was like, oh my God, I have to get on an airplane? This is incredible. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, we lived in a 1200 square foot apartment and, you know, uh, to, I, there's, there's uh, apparently on one of the lessons in his advanced teacher training, there is actual footage of me in my pajamas, trying to take the dog for a walk, crawling <laughs> under the camera to get out the front door, <laughs> like for real. So we really needed a better space for him to be able to record. We needed, I needed to be able to run the dishwasher, do the laundry during the day. You know, there was just so many things that we really couldn't, we couldn't function with him filming at home. So uh, we had come down to visit this area many times to visit some friends and my family is only an hour and a half away. Uh, so we would kind of combine vacation trips with seeing family. And in the middle of the pandemic, when she was remote schooling, we just thought, let's just go somewhere else and you know take a little break. And we used his hotel points and we drove down here. And I, um, I called our friend down here a few, it's Chelsea, she actually works for, with us, for us now. Um, and I said, okay, you know that I have been wanting to move for a long time. Can you hook us up with a real estate agent? We're not gonna tell him ahead of time. We're just gonna take him to see some homes. And she <laughs> said, actually I can. My really good friend, Emily is a real estate agent. And we got down here and I spoke to Emily and then I told him and he was kind of like, you know what? I was actually thinking it was time to start looking too. And so we looked on that trip and we made an offer on a house like as soon as we got home and we didn't get the first one. Uh, so we waited a couple months and that was that we, we bought a home knowing we still had six to eight months for Sophia to finish that school year um, before we moved down here. Mm. So that's, that's the whole sexy story. You talk um. about... Um... Jason being a bit of an anxious person, you also mentioned that you've struggled your whole life with anxiety. So how, if you don't mind me asking, how did, how did the two separate anxieties manifest in different ways and how do you kind of manage it? <laughs> do you take it in well, turns? Well, I mean, yeah, I think, I think one of the, well, first of all, we're both very self-aware and, you know, we manage ourselves. So, and we make it our job to manage ourselves. Um, and so I think that's very important if you um, struggle with, any kind of mental health issues or, um, yeah. But, you know, Jason and I are just really fortunate that we are so compatible. I think we started out as friends working together. Um, so we started out, we started out in a professional setting, but we were the same age. We were both in our late twenties. And so we also became friends very quickly. And, um, I just can remember saying to, my friends like he's the one person that gets me he's just the one person that understands my brain and could and was patient with me and could um just having that reflection i think is is really important in a relationship mm -hmm. and so we have that with each other so we we are each other's rocks i mean we just listen and validate and when it's appropriate, you know, we offer tools and advice, but mostly we just support each other and accept each other. Mm, so lovely. Yeah. Couple goals. And that's, that's become an increasing part of what you put out there in the world, isn't it? Like a lot of your social media posts and alike are related to that topic. It, it's really true. It's really true. Um, 
I guess I never, until social media came around, I don't think I quite realized how much people felt that yoga was like an achievement oriented pursuit. Mm. (laughs) It was just never really taught to me in that way. Even when I did Ashtanga yoga, which is a very um, intense form of yoga and pose focused yoga, I still had a teacher who said to me, do you know why we do the same poses every day? Because every day is different because we're just we're just trying to tune in to how we're doing today. Mm-hmm. If you need to stop in the beginning of the series and and do shavasana and do restorative, that's what you do on that day. If you feel like you need to to go to the end and you want to push really hard, that's what you do on that day. So so yoga was always taught to me in this in to cult in a way where you're cultivating self-awareness and where you're cultivating a, a a way to work with yourself. Um, so that's just what I hope to convey to people that you're 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 gathering these tools and these insights about your 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 mind and your physical constitution and your energy levels and your nervous system and you're you're amassing all of these tools so that you can work with them day to day, minute to minute within your relationships, within your work life, that it's, that's what it's for, for me. And I also just like, it is, uh, I certainly have feel like, I guess in the last 10 years, maybe since I've had my kid, it's it's been more apparent to me that um, the aspirational aspects of wellness can be pretty negative right so there is a lot of um there is a lot of like i I think there is a lot in the yoga world of people needing to put themselves in the seat of the teacher and there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. about being put in the seat of the teacher that they want to convey that they have it all figured out that they have Mm. their physical life figured out that they have their morning routine figured out that they have their you know their relationship and they're this and they're that and so jason and i are like "Mm, mm, 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 mm." no we're in the trenches with you like the way that we get through this life is together right that that (laughs) that, like all of the community all of the connection all of the co-regulation that's how we stay healthy is by moving through this together. So you don't need to think that someone else has all the answers. Someone might have more answers than you in certain areas, but we're moving through this together. So that's that's definitely where I am these days. Mm. You said somewhere on your podcast as well about how um, we don't really want a perfect life. You know, if you were offered perfection, whatever that looks like, we don't really want that. And you spoke recently on your Instagram about accepting oh, or leaning into the good moments, but also leaning into the dis- discomfort. And that's that's just life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to train up for the for the 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 discomfort or else you will stuff it, you know, transfer it into unhealthy habits i think being able to sit with discomfort is a is an i think it's an important skill Mm. um and i think that it's worth being realistic about the fact that it exists um and that you can be with it uh 
even kind of welcome it the way you welcome the array of all the other emotions. When you, everybody knows when you've been with someone in your life, right, who cannot handle any difficult feelings that you may have, it tends to be our parents, right? Because parents don't <laughs> like to see their kids suffering. So mm-hmm. it's like you might bring something up with your mom or something and, and <laughs> Jason's mom does this, like she's just a, the queen of this and like, okay, honey, and yet, but, and then they kind of put the silver lining on it. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, it's like, it's, there's nothing wrong with seeing the good, but it's important to, to recognize the difficulty so that the resilience can come from within, right? The resilience can come from knowing like, yeah, shit gets really hard. I really don't feel good right now. I feel worried. I feel I feel a lot of things, and yet if I can sit with it and I can watch it, I can see that like everything else, it's going to pass. And there's mm-hmm. still going to be the beauty of just simply being alive and being here mm-hmm. and breathing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful or if that expresses really what I'm yeah, yeah. after. I, kind of, I, 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 in that way, like to see kind of a yoga practice of a kind of a microcosm of life where there are ups and downs. So the poses you like, the poses you hate. And in many ways, then you're, you're having an artificial way to create resilience. And that for me is how I tell, you know, the reason for doing advanced poses, not because there is anything innately good about doing eight angle pose, but it is, I want everyone to find subjective challenge something that is slightly uncomfortable regulate steady breath and mind through that and if you can do it there yes you can do it when someone kind of undercuts you in a car and of course there's i Absolutely. guess there's more extreme ways to build resilience like ice bathing and cold showers which i can't <laughs> jump on board that bandwagon uh, but, <laughs> but you can do you can do it in many other ways like how how do you practice building your resilience mm. oh my gosh parenthood <laughs> mothering <laughs> yeah but is that is there a formal practice element as well <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I do sit and meditate daily. I do. Um, I was just, I just had that response because I think, you know, there, I, I guess the one surprise to me with parenting was just having a child who, um, and I, I'm grateful to her for this now because it has been my teacher and it has facilitated my growth, but I was a very compliant child, right? Everything I was told to do, I did. And I was raised in an Italian-American family where it was very authoritative and very strict and Catholic. I just did all the things. I checked all the boxes. And then I went out into the real world. And I kind of had a breakdown (laughs) because no one was telling me what to do anymore. And it was very, very ungrounding. Um, So... I, you know, I have a kid and I have a husband, like they don't check the boxes. They have to do things their own way, not compliant. And, and so moving through the world can be, can be challenging if you have that personality type as a mother who likes to check the boxes and who feels comforted by that. Um, I have had to learn to, you know, really regulate myself, uh, moving through that. And I also do believe that I'm, I'm happy to see that parenting is shifting or for many of us has shifted to being compliance-based and trying to get your kids to just comply to all the rules and all the schedules and all the things to um, more co-regulation based, right? Like to, um, and I'm not saying 
being permissive. But, um, you know, early on, there was just a lot of, I don't know, you guys might encounter this. So, so I'm giving you a little heads up, but there's just a lot of, when you get to the tantrum phase with your kids, there's a lot of like, oh, they're trying to get your attention or don't give in. Don't, um, if you give in one time, um, they'll learn that. Maybe there are some children who are that wily at the age of two and a half or three, but I, most children just are not regulated because they can't yet. Mm -hmm. mm. And so they need you to be actually be there. And you don't, it doesn't mean you give them what they want, right? It doesn't mean like, oh, I want the lollipop. I want the, okay, well, here's the lollipop. No, you, you say like, I can't give you that right now, but I know that's really hard. And you stay calm. I know that's, mm -hmm. I know that's, you're having a really hard time with this is really disappointing. I know the kids just can't do it. We just, it's just not going to happen, you know? And so for me, learning those skills, learning the skills of just constantly coming back to being the person who is modeling, moving through life in a steadfast, equanimous, you know, compassionate way, like that's, my practice and that's um that's that's just my practice on the daily mm. and yes the, and the sitting and meditating i mean quite honestly all of my exercise now all of my yoga all of my sitting and meditating it's a respite from the <laughs> so i don't even really see that i honestly i don't i don't as much see that um as like putting in the time and putting in the discipline, it's it's like a joy yeah. to me now. Mm. Yeah. And I'm very, very appreciative of it. Um, when I sit to meditate, it's like the most luxurious time of relief of my day mm. to just get to be with myself and my own inner workings. It wasn't always like that though. That's what I mean. So, like yeah, so imagine in the past, it became a challenging thing, which prepared you, I guess, for motherhood. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I yes, very I think very much, very much. I'm really grateful that I had all those years of practice um and just self-reflection and self-awareness to 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 call upon it now, for sure. And Jason's Jason's over here about to make his coffee, so oh, I'm hi, not sure. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and does your meditation practice look the same every day or do you change it up or yeah, what's it like? Yeah, no, it's not the same every day. I'm so glad you asked that question because I, I, I think there's a big, for me, There, I felt for a long time like maybe I wasn't doing it right because mm. I wasn't like doing an austere this long every single day, um, you know, um, and, and it took me a really long time to accept that it's just not who I am. And I, I, think it's, I think it's worthwhile to spend time with a teacher or spend time in community doing certain practices consistently. So you kind of have that foundation, just like yoga. Yeah. Um, but now it's when I can fit it in. So it's summer right now, which means I don't have to get up and get her ready for school and um, drive her to school. So, uh, I will get up and just sit first thing and that's like glorious. Um, but often when she is in school, I'm I'm meditating in the middle of the day when she's not here or I'm meditating after I exercise because I can mentally carve out that time. Um, and then in terms of what I do, it's very much probably like yoga practice for, for you, which is, whew, I might be working on something um, for, like I might be working on a technique for a week or, and that's just feeling really good. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I might be really in need of something on a certain day. Like I, I might 
when I'm really challenged emotionally, I my go-to is loving kindness meditation. My mm-hmm. go-to is like the divine abodes in Buddhism, the Brahma Viharas, the um, all of the self-compassion and equanimity and um, and loving kindness. So that so that might be that's been a big component of my practice for years, actually. Uh, but there might be a time like lately just re- going back way, 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 way back in the archives for me to just a b- very simple concentration meditation has been so um, just helpful for my my focus and helpful for my own feeling of like inner strength mm-hmm. and coming back to myself. So it changes all the time. Do you still have courses av- available? Because you have led courses in the past. Is that still a thing? Yeah, um, so I don't right now, but I am going to do a meditation. I'm going to do a more formal meditation component for Jason's 200 hour, which is his online training. I know you did the hybrid, but um, or you're working on the hybrid with him, but I'm going to do a meditation component for the online 200 hour, which starts in September. It's on it is on sale right now. It is you can get all the details mm-hmm. right now, um, but I do offer meditations throughout all of his advanced trainings. And then um, I'm going to put together like a fundamentals of meditation course, which I'm super, super excited about to get to focus on that for a little while. Keep an eye out. I want to speak about the responsibility you have now that you have such a huge voice that can be yours. Because I guess when you were editing for Yoga Journal, there was a bit of a filter and you had to represent brand. Yes. Oh yeah. But now you sure. now you have your brand and you've you know, you, the podcast is doing exceptionally well and millions and millions of listeners and then of course lots of followers on social media and you can really talk about personal stuff so do you feel like there's been or you felt a sense of responsibility to talk about certain things and maybe you know talk about anxiety or talk about current politics etc and how have you dealt with that responsibility gosh adam you just made me really nervous <laughs> the truth is the truth is i don't i check i kind of don't overthink it. And I certainly don't think of myself that way. Um, I guess, you know, I think like one of my positive qualities is I'm just a really transparent person. I I don't know how to be another way. I've Mm. never had that ability. Uh, So, and also I do think that the best content and editorial comes from um, things that you're truly passionate about. So I really try to follow what I'm passionate about at the time and um, and let that lead me into whatever projects I'm working on. Um, and I do try to, I think the other sort of innate quality in me is just holding space for people to be themselves mm. um, and just holding space. When I, I don't know about you guys, uh, but when I interact with students, like from the beginning of when I was first teaching yoga, I feel like I go into this different place where I see their humanity in a much deeper way. Um, I don't see like, oh, you know, I don't know. He he chooses gum too loud or, you know, I don't see it like all the foibles. I see like the beautiful person in there. And so I really do try in any kind of teaching that I do and in any kind of sharing that I do, I, I don't know, it just comes more from that place of trying to i just think there's so much meanness in the world and there's so much pettiness and um competitiveness which there's nothing innately wrong with competitiveness but i i just try to put out more of that 
mother energy. And I don't mean that in the parenting way. I mean that more in like the spiritual way. That's really what Sally Kempton did for me uh, was just hold that space of like, you are part of this beautiful divine whole thing. You know that, right? Like, I know you feel like crap about yourself a lot of the time and like all the things that you wish you could do and all the things you wish your brain could do and all the the ways you wish you were more beautiful. I put that in quotes. Um, but you're, you are just, you're just your unique you. And that's, and that's, that's enough. I have to say, Andrea, and I've said this to Adam before, I, I, I'm such a massive fan of your podcast and I said to him I just don't even care what you talk about every week because it is your energy and your authenticity and your transparency transparency your mother energy that I'm so drawn to so I think that Aww. yeah that's 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 it for me <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah. do you still get uh, do you still get nervous interviewing people ever yeah I do but I think it's a good thing <clears throat> I think it's a healthy thing mm. for me anyway um I I mean, I don't get nervous like where I'm, ah, but I just, I, I, I am a person that, and I, I, I learned this from my years of working at a magazine. I like to be really prepared. I like to do my homework. I mm-hmm. like to feel like I'm respecting people's time. And so I want to uh, be as fully prepared as possible. And with that comes a little bit of that adrenaline and excitement of, of trying to create um, an experience where I can draw them out and where I'm actually creating something valuable for people people listening so for sure i do what were your what were your intentions when you set up the podcast obviously wait, i don't know how many years ago this was now was it was it yeah, before it was podcasts six... were a big thing it was i um so i learned about podcasts when i was going through breast cancer treatment i was um in the phase of going to radiation and uh when you do well at the time they've changed it a lot which is great it's shorter now but at the time i had to do five weeks of radiation five days a week um and so it was it's a really short experience the radiation itself it's like five minutes but i had to drive to the hospital like 30 minutes and Mm. then drive back 30 minutes and then sit you know in the waiting room and stuff and thankfully my upstairs neighbor said to me um oh have you heard of the podcast Serial? And have you guys heard of that podcast? No, no. It was like one of the first true crime kind of podcasts. Oh. And I'm actually not a fan of true crime. It's the only crime I've ever, ever listened to, but it was, it was really compelling. Um, and it was a long series. And so I said, no, I've never even heard of podcasts. And so she took my phone and she downloaded the, the app and she put it up for me and every day on the way there and every day on the way back, I listened to that. And I just thought, and then I just started to get into and find other podcasts. And one of the things that I really liked about them was just how personal they were. Um, I liked that they weren't overly produced at that time. There weren't big networks. So I didn't feel like this barrier to entry. I just felt like, okay, I can speak like myself and are you, are you listening mainly to this. kind of murders and stuff at that point? Is this, is this, was <laughs> that, that was, was that particular podcast oh, just, was. Okay. That, you didn't, <laughs> Inspiration. you didn't have aspirations of starting a true crime <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was more like the medium. It was more of the medium. <laughs> <laughs> to be myself. I could be myself. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have like aspirations to be like a, a yeah, a, an amateur detective. No, that that was not it. It was more like I was looking for something <clears throat> that was personal where I could share my love for yoga and um 
where I, I was kind of tired of writing. I had just been writing for so many years and I didn't really have the mental bandwidth at that point, having just like gone through cancer and gone mm. through um, having a two-year-old. I needed something a little lighter, a little more fun. Mm-hmm. And did you have, did you, were you both on board initially or was it very much your personal project? Well, it's, I guess it still is oh your, my god your... it was a pa- it was a personal project yeah. it was a passion project he did not think it was gonna do much of anything and he was supportive right but i can remember um we lived in such a small place i needed some space to do the recording which meant he had to entertain the two-year-old and that was that was that was a tough sell uh to get them out of the house at certain times and like you have to be gone for an hour you have to let me give me time to think and prepare um but he got on board pretty quickly because he wanted to be on like the third or the fourth episode or something i was like really i i i I don't think i you need to give me your pitch what do you want to talk about (laughs) And then it's just grown <laughs> kind of exponentially since then. And like, t- have you tell us about how much you've what well, enjoyed or not enjoyed the process, the challenges, the, jo- the joys along the way. Oh gosh, I mean, mostly it's been amazing. Mostly it just really exceeded my wildest expectations. And I guess you know one of the biggest um, surprises that I didn't anticipate is was finding my own voice was I really just thought I was going to continue being a journalist and ask other people about their yoga practice and their uh, teaching for the rest of my life. Um, And uh, Jason started to say to me, like, you know, that you can actually teach people, you know, this, right, you know, that you can actually that you know, more than many of the people you're talking to. He's always been my biggest supporter in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was kind of like, really? And he's like, everywhere I go now, everyone's asking about you. (laughs) He would call me, he would call me and just be like, Oh, my God, if one more person tells me I'm lucky to be married to you, he would kind of (laughs) joke about it, you know. Um, And so that was like, Oh, okay, it just made me feel it's kind of crazy that it took me this long in life. I'm definitely a late bloomer. But um, it made me feel legitimate in offering my take on things. I mean, I had always worked in such a hierarchical structure and been kind of a pleaser that uh, that was just an unexpected benefit of, of putting myself out there on my own. Yeah. And do you have a vision for the future for it? Or are you very much a sort of take one day as it comes, which I suspect you are? I don't know. I am. Yeah. I am. I am. Um, I mean, you guys know, like, technology is constantly changing so quickly, mm. too. You know, now you, we're on video right now. I don't know if we'll end up, you'll end up using it, but <laughs> we're, I'm trying to do video as well because who knew people would want to sit and watch mm. a podcast, but they do. I know. So, um, I, you know, I'm just really excited to get more into teaching and more into offering um, meditation and and kind of the mind, body, emotional side of what yoga and meditation have to offer. I don't really know what form that will take past, you know, doing things within Jason's trainings. Um, I'm also really excited, as I'm sure you guys are too, to just get people back in person yeah. for yeah. certain things. Oh my gosh, like we just did this fundraiser um a few weeks ago at the little barn where sophia rides horses and it was literally just to raise money for the horses because there have been so many vet bills lately and um also to kind of involve sophia in like a community yoga event i wanted to do that she's pretty shy 
so we had a small class. It was like it maxed out at 30 people. We did it on the ranch itself. And I cannot tell you, I almost cried when everyone showed up. I was like, I'm so happy to see you all. There was a woman who came, who used to come on Jason's retreats in Hawaii. And she's from Chico, California, which is like 12 hours away from here. And she walked onto the property and I was like, Pat, I didn't know you were coming. Oh my God. So just, I'm excited to like organize retreats again with him or just get people together, something anything she 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 traveled 12 hours for that class she did she said you know what i needed a little vacation so she flew down and had spent a few days in la jolla which is near us which is beautiful on the beach and then she just came to class and that was like her little treat for herself i hope she was front row (laughs) (laughs) she got a she got three pieces of pie so i had this we did what i did was we had the event, they met the horses, they got to feed the horses, and then I got all these pies from the local pie shop mm. and we just stood around and, and ate pie and it was like mm. glorious. That sounds dreamy. There was something you said earlier, yeah. and you, I think you said, I got Jason online. So I'm just intrigued about the different skills within the relationship oh, yeah, and how yeah. they kind of complement each other. Like, and, and have mm-hmm. you found that? And did you, did you acknowledge early on in the relationship, like you have different skills, they're not competing. Mm-hmm. They can support each other. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, so I, yeah, I started my career um, as like a, online. I mean, in, in the early 90s, I was really early online. So, um, and I was a production assistant and then I was a producer and uh, like designed websites, all these things. So I always had that background and then I had the editorial background. And when we worked together at Yoga Journal, you know, he was the teacher there. But um, he was also hired, he was a good writer. He is a good writer. And so he was hired early on to do different projects and I was often assigned as his editor. So we always had a pretty balanced working relationship. So we did have that established. Um, and in terms of our skill sets, um, I think yeah, I think they complement each other pretty well. I do a lot of the back end and a lot of the like marketing and strategy and organizing and that kind of thing um and he writes all of his own social media and writes you know he does his own producing of his own um little short video companion guide now and then i would say he encourages me to teach more and to just kind of yeah stop asking for permission from the world to to offer what I know (laughs) well it just reminds me of we went to a wedding the other day uh a beautiful couple called Darren and Jonas Darren's been on the podcast he's now one of the biggest drag Drag artists in the UK so they had a very camp wedding we went to San Francisco and won first prize recently in some drag uh, competition I think Virgin Airlines had a drag competition anyway but he (laughs) they said about each other that one of them you know Oh, yeah. undoes the top button of the other and the other one does the top button up when needed. And I just oh. really like that idea. That's so, so sweet. Cute. That's so sweet. Do you think- how, so how do you two work together? I have to ask a question. I so just can't I'm, let I'm that gen- one go. I'm generally in charge. He's very, no. he's very, <laughs> he's very bossy. <laughs> but, but it works, doesn't it? I think it's, it's Holly, Holly softens me quite a lot. Like I'm probably a very different person to the person that met Jason originally like seven years ago, whenever that was. He hugs more people now. 
No, that, oh, that no, that's, no, that's not. We're getting there. We're getting there. There's, there's not a lot of hugging for me particularly. <laughs> Although I did at this at this wedding we mentioned, talking about loving kindness meditation. And this is quite an off-brand thing for me to do. <laughs> I taught a class, then got the got the couple to be. This is the start of their wedding oh, day. Yeah. Back to back, sitting in a circle. Then I got everyone to hold hands in that circle. Like for real. I led a, a, a very butchered loving kindness meditation. <laughs> and then what did we do? Then we did like some eye gazing. Yeah. Were you drunk? Was, yeah. How did this hung happen? Over, hung over. Yeah. It, it came <laughs> okay, by surprise. Okay. Like he did not warn me about this at all. I was like, Adam, what's going on here? I thought that would be the effect of Holly. But no, I think we actually work quite well together. We do. I always say that we're, we're very different, but we're similar in the ways that matter. And yes, yeah, you know, our, our values, good. our values are very similar. And I guess our, our purpose and our mission is really aligned. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the light one. You're the. <laughs> in, yeah, it's different, 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 different. In, different in good ways. I, I have a, I have a really important question, Adam. Have you and Jason ever hugged? Probably Ooh. not, right? Uh, I, we'd I, have to make that happen. Is Jason a hugger? No. Okay. I, it might, maybe with, it, like, maybe a tap on the shoulder. Do you know what I mean? That's just that whole like, just, just a touch. I think that. that... I kind of wish men would do what Italian men do, which is the you know like the kiss on the cheeks. But it, it's just very. It's like a. It's like a. A warmth, but there is a, actually a boundary, right? Because you're not. It's not the warm embrace. It's just like uh, the quick. I read recently that men, uh, even men that are in a couple together, a relationship, it's very rare that when talking, men will uh, face each other. I believe. Wow. I think they'll always choose to look out because they're looking. F because to face each other, there is inherent confrontation. Two men looking each other in mm. the eye. Mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. deep enough suggests there is going to be a confrontation so i think well, e so side even side. like men that are in a married married couple would actually always be mm. side to side when looking out mm. into a room or, or mingling mm. very rare they'll be head on they're, they're scanning for they're scanning for predators no 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 we're going they, into they, biology they, they know to, it's the, that if they were to make contact face each other there is something ingrained in them that makes them think that's going to be a confrontation. And that's just men on just wow. men, yeah. Whereas males and females will tend to happily face each other. Ah. Right. Which right. Is, uh... And females just eye gaze all day long, right, Holly? Oh, yeah. We just eye gaze. Smashed it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do some quick fires now, if we could. Ooh. Some, okay. Some little quick well, you, you can be as short as you want. So first one, a very selfish quick fire. Best best book on parenting you might have read. Oh yeah. Oh, um I am a big fan of Mona De La Hook. Uh it's called Beyond Behaviors. Um it's for when they're a bit older. But yeah, that's she is I'm a super fan. She was actually on my podcast. Amazing. We'll listen mm, to that. Yeah. What is sacred to you? Oh, my family. My family. I would say um yeah, just when I was going through breast cancer, I think I I really had like the closest thing that I've had so far to an awakening where I just had this like tunnel vision of just Jason and Sophia. And like, it's hard to even describe. It was just like, they were the only, I had this sense feeling of like, they were the thing that mattered. 
There's a there's a bookcase in some of your videos that some people on Jason's training seem to be obsessed with, and they keep <laughs> asking like, where where is it from. So where is this bookcase from? Why? What, what is it's it? It's from Des- Design Within Reach, and I just didn't know they were. I mean, Design Within Reach, I think, is a company that's based in San Francisco, so it's like everywhere where we lived. And these bookcases are everywhere, and I wish I could show you right now, but they're just these. <laughs> steel vertical bookcases and um they're they don't have sides so they're just they have these little steel shelves so they look like the books are just stacked without any shelving so people constantly think we have like a hundred books we are we magically stack a hundred books (laughs) with our energy on the daily and then put them in the in the videos yeah and could you leave us with do you have a favorite quote or reading or mantra or concept that you could leave us with oh my gosh i have menopause brain i don't know if i can i've got baby brain don't worry i'm in the similar boat um i don't i don't i mean oh gosh yeah i i feel like i'm gonna like oh sorry i'm putting read off something like a limerick right now or something <laughs> let's get some zen cohen <laughs> <laughs> no you guys guys i can't i can't it's there is there is a poem that i always read by cleo wade which is really one of my favorites right now about you know it, the concept is kind of how do you show up in the world you know i ask the world for peace i ask the world mm. for kindness i ask the world for all these things and i'm butchering the poem but how do i show up and i always kind of read that one before the loving kindness meditation because a loving kindness meditation can be a challenge i mean even though i i was saying you know i like to hold the space for for people and mother energy like that's not i'm I'm a very um practical organized systematized person i'm not always like i'm not a super woo woo person in in my day-to-day life so i understand that the embarking on a on a loving kindness meditation can be like it can be a leap for a lot of people so i always read this poem before that meditation because it's like we're trying to just cultivate how we actually want to show up in the world with this Mm. meditation Mm -hmm. we're practicing that we're practicing like being kind and being calm and being compassionate and being there for people whether or not we agree with everything they have to say or whether or not we agree with exactly how they live their lifestyle we're just coming back to the basics of our humanity so that was perfect thank you and is there anything you would like (laughs) our listeners to know about where to follow you about the podcast upcoming episodes what do you want people to know oh well yeah so i mean you can always everything is on our website jasonyoga.com including the podcast um and including all the information about his upcoming training uh and you can follow me on instagram at andrea ferretti and uh, upcoming episodes, we are going to be talking about meditation in the next few weeks. That is on my mind. Like I said, I always kind of try to go to where my passion is at the moment. And so that's that's a lot of what I'm sharing. I'm also going to be having a lot of great authors coming up. Um, Sarah Kusera and Naomi Anand. Um, I'm going to have uh, Chelsea Naomi. Jackson. We, we've we, got, just, yeah, had, we so, just had Naomi We've on. got her ready to oh, release. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. She's lovely. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. yeah. So so there's a lot of good stuff coming up. We should actually say the name of your podcast as well, which is Yoga Land. I don't think we've even mentioned that. So <laughs> <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> Thank Amen. you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. you so Thanks much. Me it's been an absolute pleasure.
Thank Absolutely. You. It has for me too. I'm so, so excited for you. And oh my gosh, I can't wait to to stalk your Instagram and, <laughs> and get to see baby photos. Oh yes, there'll be lots of them. <laughs> Thanks so much. Honestly, I'm balanced.